It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. of the 10th in Milwaukee. Brewers and Rockies tied 2-2 in game one of their series. The Rockies tied it with two in the top of the ninth. The Dodgers lead the Braves 1-0 after the first inning. NHL action tonight, start of the third. The Islanders are up 1-0 in Carolina. In the second period, Ottawa leads Chicago 3-2. Predators and Rangers tied 1-1. Blue Jackets and Red Wings tied 1-1. After two periods, it is Boston up 3-0 in Buffalo. And the Penguins now lead the Capitals 5-4. In the first period, no score. Coyotes and Stars after the first period. Winnipeg leading St. Louis 1-0, Line A with the goal. Still to come, Colorado home to Minnesota, and the Flyers visit Vegas. Thursday night football, New England 14, Indianapolis nothing. Three minutes into the second quarter. As for the Oilers, well, they're sleeping right now in Sweden. It's eight hours ahead. And uh, Chris Russell did practice today. Todd McClellan sounding pretty optimistic that Russell will be activated off injured reserve and play uh, on Saturday against the Devils. That one on 6.30, Chad. 9.30 for the face-off show. Game at 11. And, of course, on Monday, Eskimos noon countdown to kickoff. 2 o'clock game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Nichols stays in the game. He goes under center to wait for the football. Gets it, turns, and then pitches it out to Harris to the left side. Harris will have an easy track to the end zone, and the Bombers are up 16-0. Riley takes the snap. It is intercepted, and this one is going to go a long way. Fog with it all the way to the end zone, a pick six. Well, there are some of the highlights, perhaps better to say lowlights. From the Edmonton Eskimos last game as they were worked over 30-3 to by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on home field. You may have heard me mention this stat before. The excellent uh, stats guy, Brian Desjardins, put this out on his Twitter account as I bring Dave Campbell in. And I know Brian sits with you guys mm-hmm. and uh, keeps stats for you and helps you out with some information as the games go on. The Edmonton Eskimos have scored three points or less in a game 30 times in their history which is 1,176 regular season games. Because Ooh. I like math and I have a calculator. I was wondering if you actually did this. I I'm d- happy I, you did. Uh, that is 2.56% of their games. <laughs> so really, yeah. uh, you know, twice every 100 games, the Eskimos score three points or less. No, we, we saw one on Saturday. No, what's interesting about that? Is I, I just I'm just thinking about the two games in 2010 when the Eskimos got smoked at McMahon Stadium in Calgary in a matter of three weeks. But one game they scored like five points. Yeah, and the they other still game they got over six. three. <laughs> they lost by over 40 points. No, but they no they had. I, I know that uh, Brian uh, said there was a game. Uh, I think in 2013. Yeah, I remember it well. And what didn't they have a game where 
four of the five receivers were hurt where they scored one point. Yeah. Where Ricky just kept getting drilled. 36-1 game yeah. against the Lions in 2011. In 2012, I remember a 17-1 loss in Regina right. against the Riders. And uh, that's uh, Stephen Giles was the starting quarterback. And we're wow, bringing, that, that was we're bad. We're bringing back some great memories for Eskimos was, fans. Hey, forget about those five great cups in a row, everybody. How about all the games they've scored three points or less? Remember well, how, those? Well, how many times did they score three points or less during that great cup run? Huh? Well, we should look back. I bet you it never happened. Oh, that's, well, that, it's up to Brian to do some that. Some games they only lost one or two games. <laughs> some years they only lost once or twice a year. Very true. So it was bad. Um, I mean, there is nowhere to go but up offensively. Hmm. The question is... Can they go up? Because they haven't looked very good offensively for the last two no, months. No, I crunched the numbers, and uh, Mike Riley's averaging 220 yards passing, which is low for him. Um, they've turned over the ball 12 times. And, you know, I want to go back to Riley for a second. And I, I know he's not a stats guy, and I keep pumping him with stats. And yes. It's our, it's our thing, okay? <laughs> but, you know, he genuinely doesn't read in, read in much in, as far as stats go. <laughs> I find it funny, though, and interesting that – when Mike Riley doesn't throw for 300 yards in a game this season, the Eskimos are two and five, right? When mm-hmm. he does, the Eskimos are five and two. Okay. So that tells me that when Mike Riley is is having a good day and he has passing numbers that are high, they are tough to stop. This Eskimo team is tough to stop. But lately, sure. um, the last two games specifically uh, has been has been tough. Sledding. Okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because everybody's under fire right now. I mean, possibly Riley's worst game is at Eskimo. At least, uh, since, yeah. at least since the 4-14 four and 14 season maybe when the they first, weren't a very good team. Yeah, the worst game maybe since uh, the opening game in 2013. When he got hurt. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. well, 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 no, no, the opening game in, t- in 2013. In 2013. Yeah. Okay. They got smoked well, in the by the opening Riders. game in 2015, he was having a bad, bad yeah. game, and then he got hurt. Yeah, that's But right. he hasn't had very many. No. Uh the receiver, so he missed some throws. The receivers dropped some balls. Sure. And then, obviously, Jason Moss is under fire. Yep. Do they need to start doing something differently, attacking differently with the passing game, branching it out a little more, getting the ball off quicker? Like, is there something there they can do strategy-wise? I think the offense is overcomplicated or too complicated right now. They need to dial it back. I think they need to dial it back. And I think Jason Moss has admitted that. And I think there's several... Uh, personnel, uh, like the receivers, and even Mike Riley will say, um, you know, if we can do some things that will make us more comfortable. And, you know, <laughs> when I when I talked to Jason Moss about this yesterday, you know, you can tell that it kind of kind of strike or you know strikes him a little bit tough as well. Maybe what I'm giving them is too complicated because what he believes is it, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But if but the coach in him says too, if if my personnel are not getting what I'm trying to put across here. I, I can't. I can't give that to them. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to see with the offense is it's going to be less complicated. They're going to run the plays they feel they do best because at this time of the year, I mean, you can't really you can put in some new stuff, but at the same time, you're 15, 14 games in at this point, and there's not much else you can do. Right. So of all the plays that you have, isolate the ones that you think run. 
that you run the best and are, are more comfortable with and work from there. And I think that's the criticism of the offense right now from a strategy standpoint is perhaps it's just too complicated at this point and they got to dial it down a bit. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch, see uh, how they attack against the Riders. And we know obviously what that defense could do. What's up with Duke Williams? Well, nothing right now. He's, He's not out there. Not out there. Now, okay. today technically was day one. They had day A yesterday. Day one. They got an extra practice day this that's week. right. Okay. If Duke Williams practices tomorrow, his chances go up as far as playing. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, I'd say he's probably not playing. Okay. So that's tough. So who's getting that spot? Well, they likely switch ratio, and they go with Nate Bahar and with Natea Jay. Uh, Sam Jaguar is also a receiver who hasn't been practicing the last couple of days as well. But uh, they likely go with two Canadians in the receiving core. Uh, there's an option of bringing up a guy by the name of Miles Schuler, who played in a couple oh, of yeah. games earlier in the season. Um, but you know, that's probably the only choices they have left is that they could flip the ratio, which they could easily do because they have two capable Canadian receivers. Okay. So uh, Dave Campbell joining us on Inside Sports Eskimos and Riders coming up Monday afternoon. All right. So they fire the special teams coordinator mm-hmm. Corey McDermott. Dave Jackson, who was his assistant takes over. Right. Okay, so the skeptical question is, are, are we actually going to notice anything? On the surface, it looks like a lateral move, right? right? Because Dave Jackson and Corey McDermott have been tied at the hip. I think it's, uh, of all the teams that both men had, co- uh, you know, in the past eight years that they've coached on, they've coached on seven of those eight years together, right? Okay. Um, but at the same time, just because you're, you know, close with someone doesn't mean you always agree with the philosophy or you have some different ideas, you know. Sure. So Dave Jackson's come in and he's, uh, I think, again, simplified, taken some stuff away and and has made the special teams or the goal is to make it less complicated. So that's what I think is really the, the biggest difference because at this time of the year, there's it's too late in the year to install new things right and that's why i think jason moss was comfortable making this move one because of the timing and the timing's weird with four games left but he had a long week of practice a long week of prep from the winnipeg game to the Ryder game on monday and he said it on the coaches show if i didn't do it this week i wouldn't have done it i wouldn't i wouldn't have fired Corey mcdermott right but you know he had time to do it had time to talk with dave jackson you know time to talk to other special teamers on the team and I think he felt comfortable with what Dave Jackson brings to the table. And, you know, talking to Ryan King about him yesterday and, you know, just looking at his eyes light up. Like, he likes the ideas that Dave Jackson has. And I think it's just going to be more, the goal is to have it more simplified. And there, you're definitely going to see changes on the punt cover unit. Um, and I'm going back to the punt, the, the punt block, which really started the snowball yeah, sure. going down a hill. Um, I think you're going to see changes there, right? So they're going to match up better against uh, the rush whenever there is a rush coming towards Hugh O'Neill. Okay. Well, they they got a, I mean, for the first time all season, I'm worried about the Eskimos missing the playoffs. I'm and, and totally all, with you. And all year long, I was saying they're still going to finish in the top three. Mm-hmm. But now, they're, I mean, they've dropped the fourth. Yep. Now, sure, they play Winnipeg again. Other teams are going to play other Western teams, so sure. somebody will lose. Uh, it, this has been an interesting late-season team under Jason Moss. Last year, they won their last five games on the heels of a six-game losing streak. And then what were they after 12 games last year? Or, uh, or two years ago, five, seven, and, five and seven? Uh, six and six. And then they got up to 10 and eight. Right. They got no, to, or last season or two years ago? Two years ago. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 10 and eight. Yeah, that's right. right. So, yeah, five and seven and at, so at they've the 12 had, game So mark. they've had some late-season rallies, 
with Moss as the coach, but we're not seeing evidence of that in, no. in this final third. No, we're not. And there's still there's still some veteran leadership on this team, but this is a younger team than we have seen the, over the last few years. There's some key veterans that are not here anymore. Um, and that's a little bit of a concern, I think. And at some point, you got to turn the page anyway. And I think Brock Sunderland, you know, I think the philosophy of moving on from certain players it made some sense, and I think in some respects he was right. In other respects, well, he took a risk, and maybe it's not working out. Now, look at the D-line. I'm, I'm talking about Odell Willis. Um, the D-line's playing well. Yes. You know, it's playing really well right now. So, But back to the leadership standpoint, I mean, we're going to find out how much buy-in there is with this football team, and I think that's the biggest concern that I have. You know, when I hear Jason Moss talking about, okay, I, I fired the special teams coordinator because – I didn't like the special teams necessarily, especially in the return game. And I'm also trying to get a spark with my football team to get everyone to stand attention. You know, it's hard to do that with four games left. Now, in football, especially in the CFL, it can turn on a dime. And we have seen it. You know, we've seen it with the Eskimos the last couple of years. But it's a tall order. And and everyone is saying the right things. And I don't think it's, you know, when you, know, when you, when you hear how the players talked about going into the Winnipeg game. I think it was genuine. You know, they felt, yeah, this is a big game. We're in a playoff push here. We're in a crunch. We're in crunch time. Maybe they're thinking about it too much. I don't know, but it seems like the team is having trouble as a unit handling the pressure of the moment, and they have to learn how to handle that as a team. Every team is different. This team's having a hard time with it. Yep. And then you're going into Mosaic Stadium on on Monday against the Riders, and they haven't won their games pretty. Last two games against the two worst teams in the CFL, but they've won. Yep. You better win those games and not lose them, right? Um, so this is a, another test. If the Eskimos come out and stink up the joint, there's a real problem. There's a real problem. If they come out and play well and lose, that would be bad. But at least you know there's something there. If they come out and win, that'd be you know incredible for them. But uh, I'm a little skeptical whether this is the same sort of vibe with this team that we have seen over the last few years. Dave, thanks for sticking around. Thanks, Reed. Dave Campbell, color analyst for our Eskimos broadcast on 630 Ched. And, of course, the producer of this very show. Pessimism abounds in the Eskimos empire. You can text 630-630. Call 7804 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nine six zero zero six three, Milwaukee one in the bottom of the tenth, three two over Colorado. Inside Sports on Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is six thirty Chet Inside Sports. Thank you. Anonymous announcer guy. It's 23 minutes after 7. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy is on the other side of the window. Kellen, I forgot to ask you. I, mm. I, I listened to it. Dave wound up doing the interview. What did you think of the Ric Flair interview last week? It was awesome. It was very you enjoyed good. enjoyed it? Yeah. It was uh, 
a great sit down if you haven't had a chance to listen to it it's on the inside sports podcast go to itunes and it was like you said last wednesday correct so just dial it up and download and give it a listen it was amazing very is, eye-opening is he your favorite wrestler of all time uh top five top five who's top number five. one or like, do you just have five in a group together? Like I said, if Hulk Hogan is the Mario Lemieux of pro wrestling, this guy's the Wayne Gretzky, so. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Speaking of top five, Chuck Klosterman. Pretty good writer. I guess you'd call him a pop culture type of writer. All right. His, a couple of weeks ago, he ranked all 131 Van Halen songs. His top five, uh, number five, DOA off Van Halen 2, number four, Panama off 1984, number three, Dance the Night Away off Van Halen 2, number two, Unchained off Fair Warning, and number one, Eruption off Van Halen. He picks an instrumental as number one. I'm a little curious about that. Text to 63630, this individual says, I'm an Eskimos fan, but Saskatchewan is going to obliterate us this weekend. Well, you share my concern, my anonymous texting friend. Saskatchewan Rough Riders are looking good. Well, I, should, I mean, they win. They didn't look, they, they had their ups and downs in Toronto and Montreal, but, but they, they won the game. So, I mean, I was talking to somebody today, and I said, man, I'm really worried about this game in Saskatchewan. And uh, my buddy I was talking to said, well, Saskatchewan beat the two worst teams in the league by a combined six points, so maybe they're not that great. I was like, well, true, but they, they did beat them. And, yeah, maybe they should have lost to Toronto, but they didn't. Yeah, Montreal hung around, but th- they didn't win. You know, D- Dave talked about it in the uh, last segment that just something seems off with the Eskimos. Uh, I mean, there there doesn't seem to be that, that sense of belief. When something goes wrong, they have trouble bouncing back from it, which is odd because that's been a strength of the team in recent years. And, you know, they, they fired the special teams coach. Okay, whatever. We'll see if that, that has an impact. But but they don't they don't seem to have improved. You know, they, they don't seem to have answers uh, when, when something goes wrong. And I, and I think a, a chunk of that responsibility has to fall on, on Jason Moss and the coaching staff. I mean, there has to be, you, you can't always, I mean, I, I always say it, you know, the other team's trying as well. You have to remember that. The other team's game planning. But every time you're in a difficult situation, you can't lose. And the Eskimos seem to lose almost every time they're in a difficult situation. I mean, they, they did beat Calgary in the Labor Day rematch. That's fine. But, but something seems a little bit off. Dave said maybe they're going to simplify the offense a little bit. Maybe Riley will get rid of the ball quicker. That would be great. But, you know, it's not a one-off anymore. They've lost five of their last seven, and the offense has struggled more often than not over that seven-game stretch. 14-3, Patriots leading the Colts. We'll update NHL scores, and we'll talk some baseball with former big league pitcher Mike Johnson. Listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Late in the third period, Boston up three nothing in Buffalo. Penguins leading the Capitals six four with nine minutes left. With about four minutes left, the Islanders have a one nothing lead in Carolina. 
in the second period. Winnipeg, thanks to a goal from Line A, up 1-0 on the Blues. After 2, Nashville and the Rangers tied 1-1. First period, Wild up 1-0 on the Avalanche. After the second period, Ottawa up 3-2 on Chicago, and the Blue Jackets and Wings are tied 2-2. After the first, no score between Dallas and Arizona. Flyers and Golden Knights still to come tonight. Thursday night football, 14-3, New England leading the Colts. Two minutes left in the first half. Baseball, 4-0 for the Dodgers over the Braves in the top of the third, and the Brewers lose a lead in the ninth but win in 10 innings 3-2 over the Rockies as we go into our next guest who knows all about the tension of playoff baseball former big league pitcher and of course I got to throw it out there because everybody loves hearing it though it also makes them a little sad Mike former Montreal Expo Mike Johnson how's it going man <laughs> good how are you I, I I'm doing great I, 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 Thanks for coming back on the show. We had you in studio a few months ago. Uh, that was fun. You took us through your career and, and getting noticed and, and making the big leagues. Uh, like, is that the talking point, though, when you meet people, or do you ever see the light bulb go on where it's like, you played for the Expos. Did you get a lot of that? Um, not so much. I mean, it was quite a while ago, but uh, especially when people come into my facility and there's some jerseys and stuff hanging around and they just, kind of think it's cool and then they realize that it's actually me so that usually kind of starts the conversation <laughs> not some other johnson that you're a fan of it's it was actually your jersey yeah, that's, yeah how are things going at the five tool field house uh going well starting to pick up uh academy's going so uh starting september and we're busy playing games as many games as we can well even with the weather the way it is and and uh yeah starting to pick up and expected only to kind of get busier come Christmas time and after Christmas for sure. But the field house, I mean, obviously a year-round opportunity for, for players to work on their skills, something I assume you, you probably didn't have when you were that age? No, not at all. I mean, there's there's the baseball bird at a winter camp that kind of went on, but it was like one or two days a week. And just, uh, I mean, kind of like I told you last time I was on, it's just something that I felt was kind of lacking, lacking within the city and something that I always kind of wanted to do and provide a space and an opportunity for for kids and adults, whether it's slow pitch or fast pitch, to come out and and have a place to take some swings. Right on. Well, yeah, 5-2 Fieldhouse, a great facility for sure. Mike Johnson joining us on Inside Sports. I, I When I asked you if uh, you can come on the show tonight, you were like, well, yeah, probably, because I'll likely be sitting at home watching playoff baseball. Uh, so, <laughs> perfect timing. Uh, game earlier, I, I kind of was keeping one eye on it here in, in the studio. Rockies uh, rally to tie it, and Milwaukee uh, pulls it out in, in the bottom of the 10th. What, what's that like? for a team to try to recover from emotionally, Mike, when they lose a lead in the ninth? Um, I don't know. I mean, you kind of look at it from two perspectives. They they lost the lead, but they're still in the game. I mean, they didn't. They weren't going down in, into the bottom of the ninth trying to trying to score a run to keep the game going. So, I mean, bases loaded, nobody out. Um, I think with that, I mean, the pitcher and, and obviously the defense like did a pretty good job of, of keeping the game game tied, knowing that they had home field advantage, too. So, if it's if it's kind of the other way where you're 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 trying to close you're trying to close the game out um, and you don't have that last at bat, I think it's a little bit more deflating. Right, for sure. All right, uh, and I, I I don't I don't actually have the Dodgers game here. Do you have it? Because I <laughs> I don't have it on my package. Yeah, no, I I don't have it, but uh, I'm gonna put it on my phone here as soon as I'm done. <laughs> oh, cool. done so I'm keeping you from watching. Uh, Dodgers <laughs> up four nothing on the Braves. Uh, that's in the third. What 
what what did you do you like this uh, wild card format with uh, the two best non-division winners playing a single game and obviously this year in the NL they needed they needed playoffs just to get there uh, what, what do you think of that you know this one game playoff that they introduced a few years ago um, I don't mind it I mean it it adds it adds uh, a lot of excitement um, I think for the teams and and also for the fan base I mean they got one shot one shot to get in I mean um, you can also kind of look at it like you're recorded for you're I'm sorry you're you're rewarded for having a good season as opposed to just luck of the draw being in a bad division where you got the Boston Red Sox winning 109 games or right. whatever it is that they won and you're right behind them with 99 wins and you don't make the playoffs so um, that way at least the best teams the best teams are with the best records all have a chance to get the playoffs and I think it makes it a little bit more exciting right for sure okay Uh, yesterday the Yankees beat uh, the Oakland A's 7-2 Yankees scored early they they took control with four runs in the in the top of the sixth and they never really uh, looked back from there Uh, Oakland went with the um, pitching by committee approach. I mean, their their starting pitcher only pitched uh, one inning. They they went with a reliever. They wound up mm-hmm. using six pitchers. Uh, I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, as a pitcher, and, and I know sometimes in 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 playoffs you get you got to do a lot of juggling and all that kind of stuff. But what, what did you what did you think of that approach? And I know a couple other teams did it throughout the season as well. They they went with a, a group of relievers to get them through the game. Yeah, well, Milwaukee did it uh, today to to beat Colorado also. Um, they yeah they started with bullpen bullpen guys and I think first guy went two or three innings and then just one inning one inning after that and I guess it all depends like if I'm if I'm looking at it from um, an actual like whether or not it makes sense I think it all depends on like the strength of your starting pitching like you take you take like the Red Sox that Sale Price Porcello like guys like that like to me it makes no sense I actually the the Red Sox bullpen is probably like the weakest part of their team. Um, same thing, like the Yankees not using Soria, who's their best, um, or sorry, uh, Severino, who's, yep. their, who's their best pitcher in a do-or-die game. Like, it makes sense. Um, it doesn't make any sense for them, even though they have a lights-out bullpen. So, I mean, I get what they're saying. They're trying to shorten the game from the front end, but at the end, it's still like a long series, right? So I kind of look at Milwaukee right now. Like, they burned a lot of guys. They could have gotten in trouble if that game went a little bit longer. And now they're using a starter. So, I mean, it's kind of hit or miss. And people can, coaches and teams can be criticized one way or another based on whether or not they win or lose. But um, I'm, again, kind of like I said last time that we were talking, more of a traditionalist. You're going to go with your horses that kind of got you there. And why reinvent the wheel come playoff time? Yeah, well, Milwaukee, uh, just double-checking the box score, using six pitchers in a 10-inning in a, in a game uh, for sure. And, I mean... And well, you'll have to tell me how you feel about it. But I mean, like baseball players, I mean they they like their roles, right? I mean, I know sometimes people will argue, well, you you know, if your reliever is so good, use them in the sixth inning if you're in trouble instead of saving for the ninth. But a lot of closers will say, no, no, actually, I'm the closer. The ninth mm-hmm. inning is mine. I don't handle the trouble in the sixth inning, right? So I mean, yep. you got to ask guys to change roles a little bit too. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of I I kind of see like playoff baseball kind of going that route if you remember a couple of years back like Andrew Miller who was kind of the setup guy for the Indians I mean he pitched almost like a starter in every game going two or three innings and coming in early Joe Madden tried it with uh, Chapman when he was with the Cubs 
Um, and there was an, uh, I want to say that there was another one too. Uh, Baumgartner. Right. When, when the Giants won the World Series, like quite a few years back, came back on like one day's rest and came in in the fifth inning and finished the game. But, um, to your point, yeah, guys like their roles. Like how many times you see a closer go in in a non-safe situation and give up three runs? It's just kind of a different mindset than what they're kind of used to being in. And um, it's kind of the same thing. So I guess looking at like Milwaukee and um, like what they did, I guess my my concern would be how fresh is their bullpen going to be if this, if this series goes five? Mike Johnson joining us on Inside Sports, former Major League pitcher. Obviously, the baseball playoffs uh, rolling today. National League Division Series and the uh, AL Series will will join in tomorrow. So I'll, I'll throw the uh, I'll throw the tough questions at you here, Mike. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Sox uh, win total up uh, 108. Yankees also won 100, but uh, you know they got to play each other. Uh, Milwaukee wound up with the best record in the NL. Uh, I mean, who who do you like? Who do you who do you like out of each side? Um, obviously the Red Sox with their lineup, but I mean the Yankees. The Yankees can can bash just just right along with them. And I think if obviously Price and Sale, who haven't had the best playoff um, playoff um, records or um, success, don't pitch well. I mean the Yankees can do some damage to them. And like I said, the back end of the Yankees bullpen is probably the best in baseball right now. So that's going to be a really good series. Um, as far as in the National League, like I know the Dodgers are stacking stuff, but um, I'm kind of sitting there. The Braves are like a young, exciting team that's going to be really good for a long period of time, and they got a lot of young players. Obviously, lack the experience, but I think they can. I know they're down four nothing or whatever it is right now, but uh, when you're young, you kind of play fearless. Uh, there's no expectations on them. They're not supposed to beat the Dodgers, so that makes them dangerous to me. Yeah, that's... and the Brewers. I mean. Again, it'll 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 see it'll, we'll see how this thing goes as far as like if this if this series goes long, but really good lineup, solid defense, and they do have an unbelievable bullpen. It's just a matter of if they're going to be able to sustain what they do through a five game series if they keep going the way they do. Right. Okay. Uh, Mike, one more quick one for you. You ready for Oilers season, buddy? <laughs> oh, always ready. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for it to get going. I know they didn't make a whole lot of change and stuff, but they're still an exciting team, and I think the the city's excited to see him play. Right on. Hey, Mike, it's always great having you on the show. Uh, we'll have to check in later uh, later on during the baseball postseason. Love talking to you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the game uh, tonight between the, the Braves and the Dodgers. I'll let you get back to watching it. Great, sounds good. Have a good night. Great stuff there from Mike Johnson, of course, uh, Edmonton's own and played in the majors for Baltimore, but most of his career with uh, the Montreal Expos. Good stuff for him, and he's doing great work with the five-tool fieldhouse as well. Patriots get another touchdown minute left in the first half. 21-3 Patriots leading the Colts. The U of A Golden Bears set for an American road trip. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Trip, we'll fill you in when we get back. This 
is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, this is an interesting one. Two minutes left in the third period. Washington and Pittsburgh are tied 6-6. Islanders and Carolina going to overtime, tied 1-1. In the third, Nashville up 2-1 on the Rangers. Columbus and Detroit 2-2. Ottawa leading Chicago 3-2. In the second period, Winnipeg leading St. Louis 1-0. Dallas up 2-0 on Arizona. Late in the first, Minnesota 1, Colorado 1. And uh, coming up later, Philadelphia and Vegas. Already a final Boston beat Buffalo for zip. It's 749. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Oilers practicing in Sweden. Well, in a few hours from now, it's uh, almost 4 in the morning there. So they'll have a practice. They play Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Face-off show will start at 9.30 right here on 6.30. Chad taking on the New Jersey Devils to open the regular season. That's going to be a good one. The U of A Golden Bears hockey team has already started its Canada West regular season. Now they're heading south for exhibition games. Riley Kieser joins us on the show. Riley, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, good to talk to you again. You guys are off and running. Golden Bears hockey season. You started the regular season on the weekend. You have a couple of exhibition games coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, you guys jumped right in there against uh, the, your old-time rival, the Saskatchewan Huskies at Claire Drake on Saturday and Sunday. You got the split. I mean, take us through that weekend, Riley. Obviously, always intense games, but you guys weren't exactly going in with a full lineup either. Yeah, I know we've had some injuries, but uh, we don't want to use that as an excuse, especially coming in. Um, to a weekend against Saskatchewan, our, our biggest rival for sure. Uh, it was nice to have them there to watch us put the banner up, but unfortunately we couldn't uh, get the win on Saturday night, but we got some revenge on Sunday, which was, which was a nice way to finish the weekend off. Well, a rare home loss. You guys don't lose uh, a lot at Claire Drake 5-2 on Saturday, but a big bounce back 5-1 on on Sunday. Uh, kind of uh, more lopsided scores than you might expect both ways uh, in that series. Look, I know you said you don't want to use the injuries as an excuse, but it is a story, Riley, when your team can't even dress a, a full lineup. What was it? You had to go with just 10 forwards for those two games? Yeah, I think we had, we had 10 forwards there, so... You're definitely getting a lot of ice time, and you got to play play accordingly. Just so you don't get caught out there, and uh, you're behind on on line changes and stuff like that. So definitely changes um, a little bit of mindset. But I think our our gameplay still has to be fast and uh, play on our toes. So have you ever been a, a part of a team before that was that injured? You actually couldn't dress 20 guys. Uh, no, I've never. Usually, we always have a full lineup, and sometimes we have uh, you know. A D kind of pulling up forward if we have extra bodies, but uh, yeah, no, definitely not short numbers like this. Did, did you guys talk about that before the weekend? I, I know you mentioned trying to manage your shifts and your ice time. Did, did did you talk about it going into the series against the Huskies, or was it something you just maybe said, okay, let's not focus on it because we we have to deal with it whether we like it or not? Um, we kind of had to deal with it uh, in the exhibition games prior to that, so guys had already had that mentality of. Um, you know, it's going to be a battle, but just uh, do your best and and uh, make sure, you know, we're sharing the ice time. And um, I think we, we all had the mindset going into the game that we didn't want to didn't think about that as a, as a distraction. 
Okay. This weekend, uh, you're going to play Denver University on Saturday, Air Force on Sunday. You, you've been through this before. This is your fifth year with the Bears where, where you've had preseason games where you've taken on NCAA schools. You've generally done pretty well against them. Tell people what it's like playing some of those American schools, the, the type of competition you face. No, it's a lot of fun. They always have uh, you know high-quality arenas, and, and they're great teams to play, and um, so it's always a, a good uh, level of competition to judge where we are and playing um, playing across our country and across you know the North America is a pretty cool experience and not every team gets to do that so I think uh, it allows us to judge different leagues and uh, see how we can uh, compare against them. Would you say it's a, a different style at all to Canadian University hockey? What's that like? Uh, they're a little bit younger. I think they might be a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it's too much of a different style from our team because we have a pretty high-skilled, fast team. But I think a lot of their league is a similar kind of gameplay where they like to play fast and and uh, have that play as a high um, high speed and uh, high skill. So I think our team kind of fits in with that league, but uh, it's a little bit different from from U Sports for sure. Riley Keezer joining us on Inside Sports. Fifth-year Golden Bear, 1-1 one and one in Canada West, going to play a couple of NCAA schools this weekend. Interesting for you, you're, you're, uh, you, you've, you had Ian Herbers as a coach as a rookie, and then you had Serge Lejoie for the last three seasons, and, uh, and now it's back for, uh, for Ian. So it's, it's sort of a coaching change for you, but maybe not re- really. What's it like uh, having Ian back uh, in the coaching office? Yeah, I know it's great. Uh, he knows his stuff, and um, he's definitely a big presence on the bench. Um, it's good. He learned a lot. I'm sure. Coming back to the Bears, he can he can share that experience with us, and um, you know he always has some input and help us with our game. So uh, we're glad to have him back. In anything different where you're thinking, okay, he probably picked that up with the Oilers, or, or is it pretty familiar? Yeah, it's pretty familiar. It's, I know some of the drills are. I definitely recognize them. So um, he's still he's still using the same some of the same things. But uh, he might have a little bit more of a relaxed attitude now that uh, um, either he got it from the pros or just because we're lack of lack of bodies right now. So I'm still not sure which one it is yet. But. Uh, Hopefully, I'll find out further in the season. Okay. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about your, your off-ice uh, ventures as well. Uh, what you're studying, environmental engineering, tell us tell us how that's going and what your focus is. I uh, know it's good. Yeah, it uh, definitely keeps me busy in, in school. And and um, it's, it's cool learning about uh, some of the environmental processes and how we can uh, adapt them and uh, use them to our advantage and you know, it also helps with the structure and stuff in civil environmental. So, um, no, I think I'll definitely be able to apply my, my uh, career after hockey. Well, Riley, thanks for making time for us. You're always great to talk to uh, fifth-year Golden Bears. So all the best here in your final season. We'll do this again down the road. Sounds good. Thanks, Tommy Reed. That is Riley Keezer checking in from the Golden Bears hockey team. Great to have him on the show. Fifth-year guy, two-time national champion. They'll be going after another one this year and crazy on the weekend, playing down a couple skaters because of all their injuries. They got a split with the Saskatchewan Huskies, uh, losing for the first time in over a year on home ice. All right, we're coming up to the end of the show. Kellen, did somebody score there? Yes, sir. Chris Letang gets the winner. 7-6, Pittsburgh beats Washington. 7-6. Pittsburgh beats. That was in regulation, eh? In overtime. Oh, went into overtime. Okay, there you go. 
You got it quicker than I did. So the Capitals uh, won seven nothing and lost seven six. That team wow. can score. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. Really enjoyed the discussion we had. Hope you enjoyed the guests you heard from Dave Campbell, who's also our producer, Mike Johnson, Riley Geezer, and Hal Gill, former NHL defenseman. The studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. I'm going to be back with you at noon tomorrow for Oilers Now. Elliot Friedman will be one of the guests, and I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8, a little bit more on, obviously, the Oilers getting ready for the start of the season, and uh, more on the Eskimos and Riders showdown coming up on Thanksgiving Monday. Always appreciate your time, everybody. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.